Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Wrestle Rant Radio for March 10th, 2022 with one the only Mr. Marceau coming off an extremely newsworthy week in wrestling from uh, Revolution on Saturday, very newsworthy Monday Night Raw, NXT, and even Dynamite as well. I'm extremely eventful. Mr. Marceau, we got a lot to get to here today in a very short span of time. How you doing, brother? Doing well. How are you? Doing great. I'm looking forward to next week. We actually just spoke about this a moment ago, but I forgot to ask you before we went live, so I'm going to ask you here live on the... I mean, not exactly live, but while we're recording, while the Red Dot is filming here, um, any potential on any thoughts on a live show next week, doing it in person if I see you next Thursday, or are we going to have to record before I see you? No, I mean, we can do a live show if you want. I'm down for anything. Hey, listen, Mr. Marceau, St. Patrick's Day special. That sounds good to me. Book it. Book it, brother. I look forward to it. But here today, we are speaking over the phone, per usual, talking all things AEW and WWE from the past weekend. Per usual, very extremely eventful week. Um, I want to get to this real quickly before we get into Revolution from Saturday, which is my first order of business here. Your thoughts on Vader being inducted into the Hall of Fame over WrestleMania weekend. Long overdue. Don't know why they didn't do it when he was still around. Um, He passed away, I think, in 2018, so it's been quite a while. So, better late than never that they're getting him in, but... I mean, they really should have done it while he was still around. I think it's ridiculous they didn't. But uh, thoughts on Vader being inducted into the Hall of Fame this year? Yeah, it's good to see Vader finally get in. Like you said, long overdue. I mean, he should have been like 10 years ago at this rate. So um, good for him. I mean, the Hall of Fame is like, it's a good honor, but Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it really doesn't mean too much. So good induction, I think, um, right behind Undertaker. So I I, I think it's a, a good induction, and hopefully they can keep it coming. Heard Psycho Sid might be going if he doesn't have a softball game that day. <laughs> if, there's a, if there's a softball game, he's definitely out. So hopefully, <laughs> but even him, like, I mean, he doesn't have the greatest career, but I think, I mean, he's a well-known name, so I, I think he'd go in well with Undertaker as well. He had a couple of good feuds with Taker back in the day. So, um, yeah, I, I think Psycho Sid's a good one as well. Yeah, he's a good one. I mean, he also main evented WrestleMania twice. WrestleMania 8, I think, and WrestleMania 13, I believe, with The Undertaker. 8 against um against Hogan in one of the... Hogan. <clears throat> yeah, well, against Hogan, one of the worst matches I've seen in Mania history as far as main events go. But, you know, still, the guy's successful. Former two-time WWE champion, Vader. I'm just lucky he's shocked didn't go in a decade ago. But better late than never. But let's get into this Revolution pay-per-view from AEW on Saturday, which I thought was a great show. Um, This was... Uh, they're three for three recently. I mean... Uh, we watched Full Gear together, All Out. I was there with Alexis. Great show. This was another very entertaining show as well. Um, they're really firing in all cylinders right now. Any, you know, it's far from a perfect show, um, you know, perfect product right now. But they're doing all the right things. I know you didn't catch it, but I want to get your quick thoughts on these results. Um, <clears throat> legit, Layla Hirsch beating Chris Statlander. Don Callis's comeback on the pre-show. Um, Hulk beating QT Marshall and the House of Black beating the Death Triangle and Eric Redbeard on the buy-in. Again, like I said, I know you didn't catch any of these matches. I thought the six-man was great. 
Now, Hook and Marshall was what it needed to be, and Hirsch and Statlander was pretty good, too. The Callis promo was kind of what it was. Um, your thoughts on any of that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I mean, I didn't see any of this, so <clears throat> I guess I can just go based on last night. I mean, clearly, Hirsch won, and she got the uh, match last night against Thunder Rosa, so it got, you know, like I said, I thought it was kind of random, but then I kind of did some backtrack when I did some research, so mm-hmm. definitely that's something that made sense. You know, she won, so then she got after Thunder Rosa, so. Props there. Didn't see the six man, um, and then Hook. I mean, sexy devil. If he's not in the wrestling ring, he's at a titty <laughs> sexy. Bar. If he's not in a wrestling ring, he's at a titty bar. So good for him. <laughs> Big against uh, QT, and I'm interested to see where they go with him next. So uh, I think it's good stuff. Don Fallis coming back. I honestly could care less. <clears throat> I mean, it's got to mean that Kenny Omega's return is imminent, right? Yeah, I mean, it has to be. It's got to be. They were planting the seeds on dynamite. We'll get to that later, but. Um, I would assume that was the purpose of that. Eddie Kingston and Chris Jericho opening the event with what I thought was a very good match. Um, Eddie Kingston winning clean, which was great to see. Um, probably, um, this is not a stretch in what Kingston and Jericho said on Dynamite on Wednesday. One of, if not the best match that both guys have had in AEW. And I don't mean to overrate it or anything. I just really enjoyed the match. I thought it told a good story, right result. No interference bullshit. Um, I just, I'm, I'm trying to think of better matches that Jericho specifically, I mean, Eddie Kingston's had some great ones. The ones with Punk and Danielson that we were actually there for in Boston on Rampage was great. But with Jericho, you know, the match with Paige back at uh, All Out was good. The Omega one at Double or Nothing that we were there for was very good. Beyond those, I can't think of many Jericho singles matches. I mean, people might say, oh, Stadium Stampede, but those aren't like formal matches. Beyond that, though, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of better matches that either, either guy has really had an AEW, specifically Jericho, though. I just really like this. Yeah, I agree. I think... Like you said, thinking about especially Jericho, I mean, he's had a couple of decent matches, but like even when he has a title, his title, like when he had that big reign, like I still feel like this match was better than those. I, I don't know. I feel like he seemed like he got a little bit more shape and kind of had, had a better story. Kingston's very hot right now, um, so I thought it was a good opener. I mean, like I said, probably the best Jericho match I've seen in AEW. Same with Eddie Kingston. Um, so it's definitely a great way to start the show. Um, I'm assuming we're just going to talk about Dynamite later, so I'll just end there, but uh, yeah. definitely was a good start to the show. I mean, I, I, was, I was thoroughly surprised. Yeah, I was not expecting this to be the opener to the show, but I thought they served well in that spot, and they had a very good match. So like you said, we'll get to the fallout on Dynamite after we get to the Revolution review here. Um, Triple Threat or three-way tag team title match for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. Jurassic Express beating the Young Bucks and Red Dragon. I'm sure this was far from your favorite match in the show. This was not exactly your cup of tea. I enjoyed it. I, I like the fast-paced action. No logic with all the, the the tags in and tags out and shit like that. No one really knows who the legal man is, but it was kind of a mess at certain points. But like I said, I, I enjoy this type of stuff stuff from time to time. I liked it. Um, you know, I would have... Red Dragon, I would have put the belt... I would not I would have loved to have seen them win the championships, but they still have more to do with Jurassic Express, and Red Dragon and Bucks are going to be feeding on their own. So I don't exactly mind the result. Um, but I thought this was a really good match, though, so I'm curious what your thoughts were. Uh, if you've seen a Young Bucks match, this is literally what it was. A constant tagging in and out, fake tagging in and out, thousand guys in the ring, hitting every move on the sun. Um, thought it was, if you like that, then that's what it was. I mean, there's nothing really too in-depth to save past that. But, uh, I mean, we I said it before when they won the belts. I just feel like Jurassic Express, they were literally like, the coolest off that they've been when they won the belts. And I just feel like, yeah, they were in the match they won, but like, I just feel like the whole story is based around red dragon, the bucks. And they're just kind of, they're just kind of long since they're the champion. So fine match. If you, that's what you like. But I mean, 
I just I feel like I've seen it a thousand times at this point. I don't need to see the guy spin the plates anymore. It is what it is at this point. Yeah, no, it is what it is at this point. I mean, like I said, I, you've seen one Young Bucks match, you've seen them all, but I, like I said, if you like that stuff, you love it. If you don't, you fucking hate it. So, I mean, that's just kind of what I expected from this match. So I figured that you would feel the way that you did, but, you know, I, I enjoyed it for what it was, for what it was, and I, I understand where you're coming from. Same thing kind of with the ladder match. I've seen one ladder match, I've seen them all. Though I will kind of praise them. I will, you know, give them their credit here. They're just due for innovating. I think Orange Cassidy specifically, who I wasn't too hot on being in the match, we probably should have been because he beat Adam Cole, unfortunately, in that unsanctioned match about a month and a half ago. He probably should have been in this thing, and he was. And he actually did extremely well. I actually really like the spot where he did the sit-up or whatever you would call it on top of the ladder. I can't really explain it, but kind of pulled himself up. I thought that was really cool. Um, Keith Lee shined. Wardlow shined. He won the whole thing. Didn't like that spot towards the end. Uh, a couple of spots. I didn't like when Keith Lee, Hobbs, and um, Wardlow all brawl to the stage. I think it was those three. I'm like, why aren't you focused on winning the match? Like, that was really bizarre to me. Like, why are you focused on doing that shit than anything else? That that was really stupid. And then Wardlow, unfortunately, almost not killing Ricky Starks, but that, that bump on top of the ladder was uh, very scary. But thankfully, he's hopefully he's okay. Um, Wardlow winning, though, is what we all expected. Uh, crowd is very happy to see it. He is the new face of the revolution, getting an AEW TNT title opportunity next Wednesday on Dynamite. Um, overall, though, I did enjoy this match. I thought it was uh, well done. Some some awkward spots, some spots I could have done without. It's kind of what you get in most ladder matches in any company, but I like this, again, for what it was, and I don't mind the result at all. Yeah, it was a fine match. It probably was the, one of the weaker ladder matches they've had, but I thought it served its purpose. Like you said, I... I mean, I I picked I, I picked Wardlow to win. I think Keith probably was the right winner. I just I don't know. I feel like you have Keith Lee in there. He's coming off kind of being hot. I don't know. I just feel like he should have won. And just like, yeah, Wardlow won. I just don't think he's gonna win the belt. Like I think there's gonna be some kind of shenanigans with MGF. So like, yeah, he might cost him the opportunity. But then at the end, it's like, what was the point of even doing it then? So I guess we'll see. Um, I mean, Keith Lee. We'll see where it goes with him. But I thought it was a fine match. wasn't the best ladder match I've ever seen. wasn't the worst, but. I thought it was a, a decent ladder match, and like you said, I think maybe the the, the takeaways were just because they did have a lot of bigger guys in there that aren't, like, ladder specialists, I guess is what you'd call them, yeah, but yeah. it was fine for what it was. Like I said, it, it served its purpose. Which is why I think it was good they had Christian Cage in there, <clears throat> you know, obviously because he is a ladder match specialist, so I thought that was a, a good move. Uh, we had a couple of debuts this week in AEW on this show and on Dynamite. We'll get to the first one here. Shane Swerve Strickland, as he was known as before arriving in WWE three years ago, is officially All Elite. Um, Tony Schiavone fucked up when he was waving the contract around, and they had Swerve written in big, bold letters right on the fucking contract. I mean, that was, uh, I don't know why they did that, but, you know, it was still a cool moment. I'm a Shane Strickland fan. I like Swerve a lot. Um, kind of goes back to what we've been saying for weeks now. Will they have a plan in place for this man when he comes in? He is facing Tony Nese on Friday. He's obviously going to win. He's obviously going to win that, which is good. Give him a couple wins. What you do beyond that and who you program him with is the real question there because they have so many people on the roster at this point. I thought it was a good debut, though. He comes across like a star. Um, not shocked at all. They didn't bring in all of Hit Row. I just, they don't, I think they have enough factions. I don't know if they really care about the entire Hit Row thing, but, you know, I think Swerve is great, so hopefully they utilize him correctly. But uh, your thoughts on the debut of Shane Swerve Strickland in AEW and what you think his ceiling for success is? Just like you said, I feel like we say this every time. I, I I like Swerve. I mean, I think the Hit Row thing was getting off and could have been something special and kind of just poo-pooed very quickly. So, I mean, I, I think he has a lot of potential. 
I, I'm going to hold judgment, but I mean, seeing what they've done with other people that have more potential than he does seemingly, and they've done less than we honestly expected. I mean, I feel like his ceiling's probably, if it even gets to that point, it's probably a TNT title, which I mean, I don't think that's the worst thing of all time, but I mean, eh, I don't even know if he can reach that kind of goal. So I, I think he's got a lot of potential that I just feel like there's so many people that would bog that up that I, I, I fear for his uh, success. Yeah, I mean, like I told you before we got recording here, before we got going, I, I would give it like a month or two to say, okay, yep. you know, where are they going with this? And we'll see. I'm not talking to like you specifically. I'm just meaning like just in general to anyone judging it, which I, I totally understand why people would jump to conclusions because I am as well. But it's like, you got to have a plan in place for this guy. If he's still facing the undercard talent on Rampage, a show I don't give a fuck about personally, I think it's more telling that people are, when you have a match on Rampage as opposed to Dynamite, to me, usually... That indicates you're less of a priority. I mean, people like Danielson and Punk have wrestled on Rampage. When was the last time Punk wrestled on Rampage? When was the last time Danielson wrestled on Rampage? You know, the bigger stars, to me, feel more exclusive at this point to Dynamite and the lesser stars to Rampage. So, a debut match on Rampage is fine, but if they don't feature him on Dynamite beyond that point, that's where I kind of am like, okay, what are we doing here? Uh, they're, they're running back their all 205 Live rivalry on Fridays. I mean, that's great and all, but you got to find more to do with him. On, uh, on on AEW programming behind you know beyond facing Tony Nese on Rampage, so we'll see where they go. Uh, Jade Cargill or AEW TBS Championship defense defeating Ty Conti, uh, probably one of if not the best Jade Cargill match I've seen. I, I still don't think this match needed to be on the show. The show is just awfully long, and Ty Conti looked good too. Um, so yeah, I like the match. The role, the result was what we kind of all expected. But, uh, yeah, I thought it was one of the better matches I've seen, even though I did not catch a lot before you even say it. No, I went to get food during the match because there wasn't another opportunity beyond this point. They were going to close right before here. So I had to go during this match, but I did go back and watch it. I liked it, and it was what it was. So your thoughts? Yeah, that was a fine match. I mean, I, I think Jane's starting to get a little bit more of a star feel to her. Uh, obviously needs more work in the ring. But like you said, I think it was one of her better matches that she's had. I think Ty, seemingly at this point, I think anyone can say it. She's basically a stepping stone at this point. I mean, love or mean it, but, I mean, she just another Ruby Soho, basically. When doesn't win when it matters the most. They keep putting her in there. She wins a thousand matches on Dark, gets a title match, and loses. So, we'll see where it goes there. I mean, I think, I think she's got a lot of potential, but at this point, she's just one of those baby-faced stepping stones for the heels. So, good, good little match, but I think... I'm interested to see what they keep doing with Jade because, like I said, I feel like once she eventually she loses that undefeated streak, I'm I'm, I'm very interested to see what they do with her because there really isn't too many baby faces that she's even. I mean, she's basically beat every baby face, so yeah. I'm interested to see where they go with her. They teased on Dynamite on Wednesday, like, oh, who's next? Who's left? Blah blah blah. Do you have any names in mind for who that could be, or do you think it might be someone new like an Ember Moon or Athena, whatever she's going by now? Yeah, I mean, anything's possible. I mean. I, I don't think they need more women. I think you just should just build off what you have now. But I, I guess maybe bring someone else in. But I just don't think they're going to beat her. So it's the at that point you're bringing another Ruby Soho. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I don't really know. I, like I said, I like Jade, but I, I don't think they need to add more women. And if anything, they need to build up some more. I mean, having both champions heels definitely doesn't help. They feel like they're just destroying the the babyface division. But yeah. That's what we got going right now, so that's the the hand that we're dealt with. 
Yeah, I mean, we'll see where what happens, but yeah, I think that's that's something I said from the moment that Jade won the championship. That's the issue you're going to run into where you're feeding the sign of the kind of the same women to these top stars. Ruby Soho was lost to both women. Ty Conti is now lost to both women. Anna Jay has lost to both women. Like, there's nothing left for them to do because they've already gone for the championships and lost. That's why we haven't seen Ruby Soho on TV in weeks. You know, so that's kind of the problem they run into at the moment. So they got to fix that. But I like the match for what it was, though. Uh, CM Punk and MGF in the dog collar match. That was one of, if not the best match in the entire show. Love the story. We heaped praise upon praise on this on, you know, over text. I really, really enjoyed this, and I thought this delivered as well. I mean, would I have loved to have seen MGF win? Sure. But, you know, Punk winning made sense from a storyline standpoint. They can always go back to it. And uh, I think in, I think it etched this place in AEW history as the best AEW feud that we've seen so far. Yeah, I completely agree. I think the match itself was really good. The feud itself, I think we discussed this. I think it's definitely the best feud they've done. Um, the one nitpick, you know what it is. I didn't bring it up to you. The fucking thumbtacks. Like, fucking God. I can't with thumbtacks. Mm-hmm. I've never liked thumbtacks. I don't care if fucking Rey Mysterio versus Seth Rollins, my favorite possible match of all time, happened. If thumbtacks happened, I'd fucking bitch about it. I, <laughs> there's no need for it. These two guys, like, they had a great match. They didn't have to, like, garbage it up. So that's my only one nitpick. Um, I like the way, I mean, I, I agree as well. I, I kind of wanted MJF to win, but the story they told, I mean, you're going to have the turn there. I mean, you're not going to have MJF win. So it was a great match, great feud. Seemingly it should be over. Um, but yeah, a great match. Just like I said, one nitpick would be the fucking thumbtacks. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wasn't a big thumbtack fan at all. Uh, I mean, that didn't bother me too much. Just, I mean, I hate the thumbtack spot, but with the match, I'm like, okay, I get it. They're kind of going all out here. It's whatever. That didn't bother me you know, that much. But what, what did bother a lot of people was the fact that he came out to his Ring of Honor theme song. That was a big controversy on Twitter over the last couple of days for some odd reason. Um, if you don't know it, then I don't really see why it's that big of a deal. But I'm curious what camp you fall into because you probably weren't familiar with it. I mean, I didn't really even watch during that period. So I knew it was the song from Ring of Honor and it was cool. Um you know, but some people were like, well, they need to explain where it comes from. And, you know, you and I talk about that all the time. I don't really think it matters in this case because the feud has had a lot of Ring of Honor callbacks and Excalibur mention it on commentary. So, I mean, I think this is one exception where it makes sense, but I'm, I'm curious what side of the coin you fall on. I honestly could give two shits less. I just, I heard the music. I was like, oh, I wonder what this is from. They said it's from Ring of Honor. I heard Excalibur speed read his notes, and I was like, oh, okay. Okay, so it didn't but bother you as well. Maybe, what I'm I think it's for me, it's like I'm not like the biggest punk fan of all time, so it's like I wasn't like offended by it, I guess. I don't know. I just like, oh, that's different. And then I saw the explanation. I was like, oh, cool. But I feel like other people got like all up in arms about it, but to me, it just was what it was. I, I didn't really have like a negative or positive. Re- I just was like, oh, that's pretty cool. So I don't know. I didn't really have like a outrageous outlaw fucking piss off like i saw so many people on twitter like freaking the fuck out like it's not that big of a deal people calm down yeah it's just music i mean who gives a shit it's not that big of a deal but uh yeah no i thought it was cool uh brit baker thunder rosa for the aw women's world championship uh pretty good match not not a great match by any stretch they could do better the crowd was just depleted after that dog collar match um i like the result that we're obviously getting the title change next week on dynamite so i didn't really mind this yeah i thought it was a fine match probably if I'm looking at it, like besides my hatred for the Bucks matches, I'd say probably the weakest match on the show. I thought Jane and Ty was honestly better than this. I don't know. I think I like Britt Baker. I think she's got a great character. Her in ring stuff. Sometimes I'm just like, not really feeling it. Thunder Rosa. Something seemed like something seemed up with her. I mean, on, on dynamite last night, she had her leg taped up. So I'm not sure if there's an injury or what, but 
it was just kind of there. The crowd sat on their fucking hands. I don't totally blame them. Came right after the the dog collar match. So I mean, t- it's just a tough. Just the way the matches are, it's definitely a tough, tough lineup. But I just feel like all the women's matches have to happened after like all this ridiculous shit happening. So they, they kind of got the short end of the stick. Um, but it was a fine match, probably the weakest on the show. But I mean, the finish was right. I thought Britt should have won. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Wasn't a fan of all the interference. I mean, it was interference oh city out there. Oh my god, I forgot about that. <laughs> oh my, you know, you know, thumbtacks and interference are my two bugaboos. And yeah. especially interference is done right. I'm not a batter, but like Rebel jumps on the fucking t- jumps on the fucking apron three times. I mean, come on. At that point, you're a referee. Just throw her out. Like the multiple <laughs> distractions. It's like just be a referee and throw them. Like tell them to throw them out of the ringside. I just don't get that. Like she kept doing it, but he kept going over talking to her. Just that stupid shit like that. I fucking hate. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand why they did it to set up the steel cage match for next week, but. The thing is, though, we've said this before, does Thunder Rosa not have any friends at all? I mean, Red Velvet came out to her aid last night, and she helped her out. I know that was because she didn't like Layla Hirsch, but Red Velvet was hanging out with Thunder Rosa after the match, so where was she to go help her out? I feel yeah, like this I happens with every Britt Baker match. Yeah, I really don't know. I don't know. I feel like it just happens way too much. With the Britt Baker matches, it's all interference, and the baby faces have no help. Like, it's just weird to me. Um, John Moxley and Brian Danielson, I thought I had a great match. Um, could have been a bit better. I think the crowd was a bit exhausted, but, you know, I thought they had a pretty well-wrestled, hard-hitting affair here. The real, obviously, highlight of the match was the debut of William Regal afterward. Um, shocking appearance wasn't rumored at all. You know, the Hardy one was rumored. Swerver's rumored. Regal, no hint of a rumor or a part whatsoever coming into the show. And, uh, comes in and gets Moxley and Danielson back on the same page. This is automatically my favorite thing on the, in the entire show right now that goes without saying because my pure bias for Regal, but I loved all of this, and I love the idea of these three becoming a faction from this point forward. I think that's just fucking great, so um, I wonder what your thought. I was curious what your thoughts were. Yeah, I thought it was good. Like, the match itself, I felt like it kind of, at the end, kind of dragged on a little bit. I mean, I would say Brian usually has really good matches. I feel like maybe it's just it was more slow paced. Like, wasn't over the top, like, in love with the match, but it was good and with him and Mox. I mean, Finally had Moxley have somewhat of an actual real match, so that's actually a positive. Yes, but, uh, yes. I mean, Regal, like you said, I, I like Regal. I'm not obviously as big as a fan as, as, as you are, but, I mean, if it was like Rey Mysterio coming out, I would have probably done the same reaction as you did. So I definitely understand that. Um, him teaming them up, I mean, I said it before. I mean, I feel like they already have a ton of tag teams, putting them in. Like, I get it. Like, I think it would be a pretty cool tag team, but, like, they have so many teams they already aren't focusing on, and – I mean, they just added the Hardy Boys as well, so it's like you already have a ton of teams adding them in. I mean, seemingly they probably have to win the belts, which I'm not against, but I just feel like they like plugged. Oh, we have all these young, brand new tag teams, and they none of them have really gone anywhere. So, I mean, we also have FTR that are kind of seemingly spinning their wheels as well. So, I, I like the team. I just feel like it also doesn't help that the mid cards kind of boggled up right now too. So it's like realistically, what do you do with them if if they're not if they're not feuding or on their own at this point? So. I, I'm I'm for it, more against than against it. So I think Regal probably backstage is a way better get than a non-air character. Um, but uh, I mean, Tony books his own TV, so I, I I don't know how far his ideas are going. Yeah, I think that's he's got to be one of the most valuable assets they could have picked up for this company. Because like you said, I love him as an on-air character. They could use him as an authority figure, manager, whatever. Um, I think that's perfect. But behind the scenes, I think is where his value really is, like you said, and uh, it, it's got to be more attractive, as I texted you for, like the former NXT stars, right, that know Regal, 
have worked with him, know he's reliable. I mean, it's got to be a big lure for, I mean, again, AEW's roster is already stacked, but people who have been in NXT have got to know that this is a big get for AEW because now that Regal is there, he, he kind of knows the ins, he knows where all the bodies are buried, so to speak. He knows all the in and outs of all these former NXT stars. Yeah, it's true, like I said, but at the end of the day, I mean, he can know a lot of things, but if it's just, I feel like if anything, they should do something. If they're going to run Ring of Honor, he should be like their like, authority figure. Honestly, he should be the authority figure for AEW. I don't need uh, Tony Khan screaming at me on TV anymore. So, I mean, realistically, they should have Regal. He's a, he's a neutral face, like authority figure. Just have yeah. him on TV. Less Tony Khan, please. Yeah, no, I would, uh, I would agree with that. He definitely should be the... Lead authority figure for uh, Ring of Honor. As we wrap up here, six-man tag team match, Darby Allen, Sting, Sammy Guevara against HAA, HFO, Tornado tag team match. Kind of was what it was. Um, any thoughts on that one? Sting almost killed himself on that spot, but I thought it was cool, though. Any thoughts on this? Uh, you've seen them on trios. You've seen them all. I really have no comment. It, it was it was just on the show. It really could have not been there. It didn't really need it happen. Served its purpose in getting Matt Hardy out of the group, as we saw on Wednesday's show, which I thought was fine. Uh, main event, though, we had uh, Adam Cole, Adam Page, the AEW World Championship as we wind down here with this Revolution review. I thought it was a great match, right result, no big surprise afterward, which I didn't think there needed to be. Um, you know, that one kick out too many with some of the, like, he hit, like, look, it, it felt like he shot him in the chest and he kicked out it too with some of the stuff that Adam Cole was hitting him with. But overall, I thought it delivered as a match and it was a great way to go off the show. Yeah, I thought it was a good match. I mean, not the sexiest main event of all time, I feel like. Cole, like they're starting to push him, but I just I don't know. I don't think a lot of people just like are behind it. So it was a fine match for what it was. Pangman won. I mean, like I said, I didn't want any after after match shenanigans. So definitely a, a good match to end the show. Um, and just see where they go next. So nothing nothing crazy, but it was a, it was a good match. Any predictions for who Page's next challenger should be or could be? I mean, I think it's going to be. I would, we we sent MJF, but at this point it looks like it's going to be Punk. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like it's going to be Punk. I, I'd rather be MJF. I, I feel like Punk doesn't really even, like, so if it's him and Punk, he's going to lose, so. Page. Uh, yeah, Page is going to lose. I, I just don't think Punk really needs the belt, but, um, yeah, I'd probably just say, if, if I'm going based off everything I know, I, I would say uh, uh, Punk, but, maybe, hey, maybe they, they'll resurface Brian Cage to give us another filler feud, so who knows. Hey, maybe, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I think did I say that on hashtag? I feel like I've said that before. I think you did. Yeah, that's, uh, that sounds familiar. But uh, yeah, and no, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, overall thoughts on the show because I really liked it. I thought it was a good show. I think full gear and all that were better, but I think it was another good show. I mean, the the thing I think they can learn, which uh, I feel like they're emulating WWE here. Like you don't need to put everyone on the show. Like it's just they so fucking long. There's so many matches on there that just don't really matter. So. I feel like if they nixed a couple matches here, it could have been even a stronger show than it was. It just, like you said, you left the fucking movie theater at midnight. Luckily, I fell asleep and watched it the next day on yeah. uh, on Bleach Report on, on on the computer, so I didn't have to stay up till midnight. I mean, if it was a Saturday night, maybe the Sunday night show is going to midnight. Fuck, I mean. I know the Sunday ones are just the effect. worst. Yeah. So I thought it was a good show. Like I said probably the probably the weaker out of the last two, but I think it was a solid show. They just trimmed some of the fat. I think it could have been an even bigger, stronger show. I agree. Definitely agree. Well, Mr. Marceau, it's around noon as we're recording right now. Do I got to let you go right now? We can keep going? Yep. Got you for another little bit? Yeah. Keep you for the rest of the show? Keep me for the rest of the show. Wow, Mr. Marceau sticking around. I thought I had to boot you off right now coming out of the Revolution review. I thought I was going to have to do the rest of it by myself. No, no, I'm, I'm here, pal. Wow, you see, we're, we're live, pal, and he is here, so I'm very excited to hear that. Well, going off of that, we got Dynamite on Wednesday. 
Um, I want to get your thoughts on this. I wanted to keep it separate because a lot happened on this show. A lot happened. We got to talk about the opening segment first. Um, I actually like the opening segment, the opening verbal exchange between Jericho and Eddie Kingston coming off of their match of Revolution. Eddie Kingston won. Jericho shook his hand. Cool. I, you know, we, we I figured the boom was going to drop and they were going to have Jericho go heel. I don't have an issue with that. My issue with the segment came in where Jericho aligned with Daniel Garcia in 2.0, kicking off a new faction of Jericho Appreciation Society with himself, Jake Hager, Garcia in 2.0. I mean, thankfully, Santana and Ortiz are out of there. Inner circle is over, which is good. But it's like one step forward, two steps back. I mean, I guess Jericho's a heel now, which is good. But it's another faction. I just, inner circle towards the end, I couldn't have given two shits. This is an, a, a significantly inferior version of inner circle. I mean, I think a lot of people are very high on Garcia. I like Garcia. But the guy never wins whenever it matters most. And 2.0 are literally comedy job guys. They are not Santana Ortiz. And then Hager is fucking Hager. So it's like they took the worst of the Inner Circle and put it in a new faction. It's, it's essentially Inner Circle 2.0, no pun intended. So, I mean, the segment was fine, but I think the idea of another heel faction, and worse yet, this could lead to another stadium stampede match. I am so out on that. Dude, don't even fucking say that. Oh, my God. I, I mean, double or nothing's coming up. I know, I know. No, I don't want that. But, yeah, I mean, I thought, like you said, it started off fine. Once 2.0 came out, I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, here we go. Um, and then it's just what it turned into. Like, I am so out on that. Like, another heel faction with Jericho. Stop. And like I said, if they do Stadium Stampede, I'm fucking out. Get Santana and Ortiz out of this bullshit. I mean, I, I assume it's going to be Eddie Kingston, Santana Ortiz. I mean, I guess you could include Sammy, but it's like, at this point, does anyone even care? I mean, just please move on. I don't know. I just the idea of another Jericho heel faction to me is just terrible. That is just awful. So I am no fan of that. Um, you know, I'm glad that Kingston's still the face and Santana and Ortiz are doing their own thing. If they're with Eddie, that's fine. I mean, I guess that's still technically a faction. But and Jericho as a heel is good, but Garcia and 2.0 are the biggest like stepping stones in the entire company. And maybe the idea is to elevate them, but. This thing where Jericho likes to latch on to people to think that he can elevate. How many people is he, let's be honest here, how many people has he actually elevated in the last no. couple of years? I, I name you one. I mean, aside from Orange Cassidy, which would be very debatable because that feud did really nothing in the long term, I would say. I really don't think he put anyone. I mean, he wrestled Cody, who was already over at that point. Then he had the whole inner circle stuff with the whole stadium CP. That didn't really go anywhere. Orange Cassidy, I mean, he's right where he was before. MGF, he brought MGF down, honestly, for a little bit. Brought Santana then, Ortiz down as well. Santana Ortiz. Maybe uh, maybe Sammy, but that's, I don't know. I mean, I don't think you really, the thing is, like, he didn't, like, he was just, like, I don't even know if you would even, like, you would even consider that elevating because he was just, like, associated with him. It's not like Jericho was, like, putting him over. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, yeah, I, I, it would be tough to say if anyone, I mean, I, I don't think this is really going to help 2.0 and Daniel Garcia at all, so, I mean, they were already all over the show before, and they really weren't going anywhere, so now just being aligned with Jericho, I just don't see it. Yeah, listen, I like the idea, like he did, I will be fair here, like I think he helped elevate Eddie Kingston, because he was a stepping stone, he gave him his first win on pay-per-view, I think that's great, but the problem as far as people that he's associating himself with in a full-on feud recently, Garcia and 2.0, that's just not it, pal, that's just not it, so... I, I like them, but even that faction is just kind of random to me. And, and putting them with Jericho, it's just kind of merging two factions with one, and it's really silly. So I just, I personally cannot bring myself to care about that. 
Adam Page, Dante Martin for the AW World Championship. Good match. Don't really know why it needed to happen, but it was good. Dante Martin looked good in defeat. And next week, we're getting Adam Page and I think Jurassic Express against uh, the uh, former Undisputed Era because Cole wanted to select the Bucks, and Bucks said no. And Cole's like, well, I wasn't going to pick you anyway. And he went with Red Dragon. So, um, yeah, I think the match was good. I don't know why if Cole wants another shot, he would challenge Page to a six-man tag team match. That makes absolutely no sense. But I would assume this leads to more tension within uh, the elite little faction before Omega maybe comes back as soon as next week. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it was what it was. I'm not huge in this whole Red Dragon, Young Bucks, Adam Cole saga. So it's been going. Um, Like you said, if you wanted a rematch, I'm not sure why you'd do a six-man but. Or actually, a trio smash to get it right. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, I honestly have no idea. It is what it is. Uh, we all know where it's going. Um, I, hopefully, it's going where it's going. I'll have the fast forward button ready, and then we can move on. Fast forward button ready for who? For the fucking young bucks, fucking Kenny Omega, Young Disputed Era shit. I have no time for that. I, I think it's cool. I think we can get Undisputed Era out of it and get the Elite back and do a little six man at the next pay per view. I'm fine with that. No, yeah. Yeah, I mean, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I like Captain. So I mean, if someone will like it, but uh, I'll make yeah, sure I no, I get it. I I think it makes sense. I'm looking forward to it personally. But um, speaking of backstage segments, real quick before we go forward, before I forget, because there's a lot of stuff that happened backstage, um, that you would blink and you missed it because it went by so quickly. FTR firing Tully Blanchard. Why did I miss something? Or did they tease tension before now? That just kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, that was honestly really random. I mean. Dax was saying how he got to go home and see his daughter and it's all about family now, but, and then Tully was like, oh, I thought we were about winning championships. And then they're just like, no, we're all about family now. And then cash fired him. I don't know. It was so fucking random. Like you said, blink, you missed it. You wouldn't even saw it. Yeah. I was just really surprised they would go in that direction. I mean, do you think they might be turning FTR face or something? Like that was just weird to me. Like, why would you break them up unless Tully's contract is up and they don't want to use him? But I thought he was still with Sean Spears technically. I don't know, man. It's just weird to me. So I don't know, like, why would you? Is the pinnacle still a thing? Like, I'm very confused. Yeah, I honestly have no idea. You know, like that's so fucking random. But you know, if it gets FDR on TV some more, then I won't complain. But I'm not. I mean, they've been on TV a fair bunch in in the last couple of months. I will give them that. Um, But I just wish they would do more with them. I mean, they're not completely underutilized. At least they're on the show. But I think they should be doing more than they are uh, as of late, anyway. So we had that Brian Danielson and Moxley beating uh, J.D. Drake and Anthony Henry, uh, the War Horsemen, as they're called, in a quick squash. William Regal's post-match promo, kind of explaining why they all kind of came together. Uh, you know, getting teary-eyed with uh, Tony Schiavone. I don't know. I loved every second of this. So um, again, kind of reiterating what, what we said earlier. I think this new faction of Danielson, Moxley, and Regal has a lot of potential. And um, I don't know. I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do with it. Yeah, I thought this was a good segment as well. I said the match completely forgettable. Um, Trainee Drake's a fucking job guy, and the other guy they face is whatever. Uh, but the promo was good, like I said, Rio kind of explaining why they're why they're together. Makes sense. Loved it. Yeah, I like the initial start to the stable. I think they're off to a strong start. But I want to ask you though, do you think they could add more members to this stable? Because I've seen, you know, they've actually talked about we want Garcia, we want Wheeler Yuta, we want Lee Moriarty, who I haven't seen in a while. You know, they want all these people. I mean, I tweeted this last night. I'm not the first person to come up with this answer. I saw other people talking about it. But, you know, honestly, if you really wanted to bring him in and utilize him and to ensure he didn't get lo- doesn't get lost in the shuffle, Cesaro and I think Cassius Stone are the former kings of wrestling from Ring of Honor. I mean, I think this faction has Ring of Honor roots anyway. Maybe they could do something in Ring of Honor. 
Um, I, I just think that'd be fucking awesome personally. But I mean, you could also do it with just these three. I'm fine with that. But I'm thinking if you add more people, I, I haven't seen Chris Hero wrestle since he got fired from WWE two years ago. So I don't even know if he'd be interested. But I think a Kings of Wrestling reunion in, um, you know, in W or in AEW rather as part of this faction, especially with Brian being a big Cesaro guy, to me would make an infinite amount of sense. But uh, do you, yeah, would you want would you want to see more members added, or what are your thoughts on that? No, I mean, I, I think that'd be pretty cool if that exact scenario happened. But, I mean, I'm fine with it if they just have these members as well. I think they're they're good as well. So, I mean, adding more would be cool. I mean, I feel like they just do it sticking out a stadium stampede. Hopefully not. But, <laughs> not, uh, with, not with these guys, please. Yeah, hey, MJF said he was never going to do ha-ha, and he was doing the stupid stadium stampede. So, and same with FTR. So, True. who fucking knows at this point. So, I mean, I, I think it would be pretty cool. Um, like I said, it, it would probably be a nice, easier way to, like, bring a guy like uh, uh, Cesaro in, like kind of an easy landing spot. He's in a group and kind of maybe branch off from there. But, I mean, I don't totally hate it. Yeah, no, I just, I, I love the idea of more people like that. I mean, as long as it makes sense. As long as it makes sense to have people that are in it, like, again, to put random young guys on the roster in there just because they're young and they want to benefit, I just, it's got to make sense to me. And uh, that, to me, would make sense. I think it would be fucking cool. And, I don't know, knowing Danielson and the shit that he does... I think him and Punk, I don't think we will ever see them in a stadium stampede match. I mean, I know Danielson has done comedy before, but this run of his in AEW is just so different than anything else he's done before that I just don't think you need to do that. So I, I hope that's not where this is going, but I don't think it would. I think, if anything, if we're going to see a stadium stampede match, unfortunately, it would be with this Jericho Appreciation Society bullshit and whatever they do with Kingston and Santana Ortiz, which I have zero desire to see personally. Um so, yeah, we'll see where it goes. Pack and Wheeler, Yuta, they added this because the uh, world title match didn't go long, which I actually like. I like that attention to detail. It was a nothing match, but I like the fact they added the match because the world title match went short. Uh, they already knew it was going to run short, but from a storyline standpoint, I thought it made sense, and I thought that was a nice attention to detail. Fine match. Nothing more needs to be said. <laughs> Fine match. <laughs> I don't think anything—did anything happen after it? No, Pack beat him, and that was it. Okay, then there you go. Fine yeah. match. Yeah, um, we had the emergency meeting for the AHFO. We all knew what was going down here. We've been saying it for a while now. You, you mentioned for a long time that you wouldn't, you know, send me the Matt Hardy wonderful gif as long as HFO is a thing. It looks like it's over, so can we finally start using that gif again? It's possible. It's possible. All right, we'll put it on the docket and see what happens. But Matt Hardy's officially excommunicated from the HFO or AHFO, RJ AHFO, who gives a fucking fuck, HFO, um, GTFO. So we have Andrade is the new leader of the faction, and uh, Matt Hardy is gone. Darby Allen and Sting make the save, along with the debuting Jeff Hardy. To the old Hardy Boys music, no less. They got the rights to it, which is cool. Um, love this. I mean, I thought, you know, this was pretty much what we expected. I'm sure we'll get an eight-man out of it or something. They kind of tease the Hardys against Darby and Sting, which is, I, I think that's cool. Um, I don't know if that's the double or nothing match. And honestly, it probably is. I figured the double or nothing match would be Private Party against the Hardys, but, I mean, Private Party are so damaged, I'm not even sure if people would care about that. If it's Darby and Sting versus the Hardys as an attraction match, you know, I mean, honestly, that could be a lot of fun. And three of those guys are, you know, the Hardys are over 40, Sting is 60, but Darby, I don't know. I think it could be fun, so I wouldn't be I wouldn't be opposed to that. But uh, uh, Matt Hardy and the HFO are officially over, brother. Curious what your thoughts on this whole segment were and how it played out. Yeah, that was fine for what it was. I mean, I don't care about any of the people in the either in the group. I mean, but uh, yeah, I mean Jeff Hardy coming back. I mean, 
I think it's a, if they're going to do one last Hardy Boy run, it, it makes sense. I mean, like I said, I think they have a lot of tag teams, so I'm, I'm not like overly excited. But I mean, it is what it is. So I'm I'm, I'm excited for for four. I think it should be pretty fun. But I think the rest of the guys that are in there are just kind of lose at this point. So it's not like the greatest thing of all time. But I, I don't like I said, I don't really overly hate it. No, I thought it was well done. Again, I think bringing in Jeff to put him in the tag team ranks makes sense to me. It's not like one of those things where you're bringing a big star, you don't know what to do with them. On his own at this point, I'm not really sure what more he could even do. I mean, in WWE, they had a lot of roster space because they didn't have a lot of stars at the time when they when they canned him. Um, AEW is kind of set right now. They don't really need Jeff in a singles role, so putting him back with Matt makes the most sense. People want to see a lot of fresh tag teams they can face there. I'm, I'm all for this. I'm very excited to see what they do from here. Uh, the Wardlow promo was another one of my favorite parts of the show. I thought he did a fantastic job with this thing. I mean, he addressed MJF, why he paired up with him in the first place, why he turned on him, why he was sick of his shit. Um, no one interrupted. Just a straightforward promo. Tony Schiavone not getting cut off. What a, what a concept. I really, really like this. He comes across as likable, very well-spoken. He just gives me that star aura. So I, I really enjoyed this promo. Yeah, I thought it was a good promo like from Wardlow. Like you said, I think um, it was refreshing that he didn't get immediately cut off. I mean, I feel like that's every time there's an interview or every time there's a segment in the ring, I feel like once they literally say a fucking word, they immediately get cut off. So I thought it was good here. He speaks well. Um, like I said, he kind of tied up some loose ends and came off as a fucking baby face. So there's nothing really more you can say about it. It was a good little promo. Wardlow and MJF a double or nothing, you think? Yeah, I mean, that's where it seems like we're going, pal. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, as I said in hashtag, the issue is, who do you have win? Ooh, See, that's the problem. Uh, uh, Wardlow. Yeah, I think it's got to be Wardlow. And I hate that MJF is losing two pay-per-views in a row, but do you think they can kind of rebuild him back up, win the title, maybe at all out, and then have Wardlow challenge for it? Because he's like, oh, I beat you type of thing, you know? I don't know. Yeah, there'd have to be a lot of rehab, but yeah. <sighs> yeah, I know it just puts them both in a weird spot, but yeah, I, I do think uh, I didn't I do think Wardlow's got to win a double or nothing of the two. I think he needs it more. Uh, Jurassic Express and the acclaimed AEW World Tag Team Titles kind of was there. I enjoyed the match. I thought it was a very good match. I just don't need it. I just don't know if it needed to happen on this show with so much else already happening. Fine match was what it was. I guess there was like a time eater, but I mean, I like I like the acclaim, but. I mean, there really wasn't any reason for them to get the titles. It just was kind of a match on there. Fine match. Yeah, they're one of the teams that just kind of gets fed to all these new teams. Uh, you know, that whenever, anytime a team wins the tag titles, give them the acclaim. The Bucks. Um, I remember the Lucha Bros went for the belts. They they lost. They went. I think they, then they already faced Jurassic Express a couple of months ago. If I'm not if I'm not mistaken, I think they've already done this match. Um, and they, uh, I don't know, and they won here again, so, I don't know, it was a good match. Rosen, legit Layla Hirsch, I was, I was disappointed because I thought it was a good match, but there was already so much happening on the show, this kind of felt like an afterthought, it did not get nearly enough time as it should have. Um, you know, Rosa won as she should, we already talked about this during the Revolution review, Rosa's gotta be winning next week inside the Steel Cage, you know, again, I just, I like the match, but the outcome was never in doubt, I like the fact they protected Layla in defeat with the, uh, interference from, uh, Red Velvet, but I just think that the crowd didn't really care because it was predictable and they weren't given a whole lot of time. Yeah, I thought this was fine for what it was. Like I said, it wasn't the greatest match of all time, but I, I didn't hate it. Um, I mean, Thunder Rosa had a win, basically. So that was good. Besides that, it was just a fine little match. Um, but yeah, uh, she needs to go over next week. Yeah, she needs to. We get to the main event, Scorpio Sky, Sammy Guevara for the AWTNT title. The undefeated Scorpio Sky, did you know that? 
He's been unbeaten for a whole year, dude. Come on, that's impressive. The fact that they pushed it as a streak, and he only last time he was on Dynamite and was in a singles match, he lost literally a year ago. Is pathetic. Yeah, I just I don't understand that. I just I just I really don't get that. I know they have a lot of stars. They don't have enough time to feature certain people. But then you don't play it up as a big deal. I thought it was honestly comedy for a second, but they were actually acting serious about it, which is the concerning thing. But they ended up having a pretty good match. Scorpio Sky shocking everyone with the AEW TNT title win. I didn't think they would do it. I didn't think he stood much of a much of a chance at all. I thought he would just be a filler opponent for Sammy to beat before Sammy gets to Wardlow next week. But they actually gave Scorpio Sky the championship. And I'm very happy to see it. I think the guy deserves it. I mean, we've spoken before um, about how we're both fans of Scorpio. Do you think it's the it, it's one of those things, though, as we've said with the Lucha Bros, like we said, especially with Jurassic Express, as recently, I think it was last week, where they wait until someone is so beaten down and damaged, and then they put the belt on them when they're at their least over? I feel like that was the case here. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I like Scorpio Sky, but I mean, at this point, he's literally been basically a job guy in a tag team that's on TV. Like, I like him. I just... I was honestly shocked that they put the belt on him. Like I said, I like I like him. I just feel like he's been a jerk off the last year and hasn't won anything that mattered. Like he's had other title matches and lost too. So it's like I really don't know. But I mean, I feel like if anything, it's more of like he's winning just to get the belt off Sammy. And then uh, I mean, I don't think he'll lose next week to Wardlow. I think there'll be some kind of shenanigans. I doubt he put the belt on for one week, but maybe they didn't want to have face versus face. I really don't know. Yeah, I mean, do you think Wardlow loses next week with MJF interference? I mean, I don't know. I think, honestly, I think this is a better chance. I honestly think there's a better chance that Wardlow wins and then MGF tells him he has to give him the belt and we do something like that. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too, yeah. Yeah, I think something like that, there's a better chance that happens then. Then, I don't know. I just, I could see Sammy then screwing him over just because, like, they had all that interference and then you just put the belt right back on him. So, that's what I would do. Yeah, no, it's just... The whole thing is weird. I don't know where they go with it. I'm curious, but I'm happy to see Scorpio Sky finally get a singles title. The problem is that they were building... I feel like this is a year or two too late. Like, they should have done it before the whole men of the year bullshit. Like, if he was the one to beat Darby for the championship last year, I would have been, okay, this is cool. Or like two years ago when he faced Cody for the belt on Dynamite. He lost there too. It's like, okay. I mean, again, if you you play up this whole undefeated streak thing, no one gives a shit. It felt like it really fell flat, if anything. I feel like the focus was more so on Paige Van Zant signing her contract than was Scorpio Sky becoming champion. That was another issue. Yeah, exactly. The the bigger focus was clearly Van uh, Van Zant's debut and or basically signing her contract to be in AEW. I mean, that was definitely a, a, a bigger deal than uh, than than him winning, unfortunately. But that's where we're going here. Thoughts on her upside in AEW? Uh, Paige Van Zant, that is. I think she's just, I mean, she's more of a star than any of their women combined. I mean, everyone, more people know who she is than anyone knows who any of those other women are. I mean, people are going to hate this, but I mean, if you're going to sign her and give her the money that she's probably getting, you got to push her to the moon, and I wouldn't be surprised if she's winning a championship here in a couple in a couple months. So, I mean, I, I would push her through the moon, and I, I, I know people don't like that, but I mean, that's what happens when you bring in a real star. Well, I'm curious to see what her in-ring ability actually is because we haven't seen her wrestle at all. I don't even know if she has she been training to wrestle. Like, I know she has MMA experience, but, I mean, Ronda Rousey was at least training for several months before she finally came in. So, I mean, I, w- I would go with her development level. Like, with Jade Cargill, I think they put the belt on her a little too soon, but she's making the most of it. Like, I would say I would have put the belt on Jade now because she's better now than she was even two or three months ago. But, you know, they did what they did, and it's whatever. Um... 
But with Paige, though, I think they should take their time. I, you, you said push her to the moon, but, I mean, I would at least... I'm not saying bury her first or have her lose, but I think they should take her time and see how good she actually is before rushing into anything, I think. Yeah, I mean, you can. T- I guess you can take any approach. I mean, I think if you're bringing her in, she's probably getting paid well. She's a bigger star than everyone else. I feel like you kind of have to push her at that point, but, I mean, maybe you can do a little test drive as well. Yeah, we'll we'll see what they have in mind for, but I think it's a good signing nonetheless, and uh, I think it's a, it's a nice addition in an already talented women's division. They should be doing more with, but you know they have a couple feuds going on and stuff like that. The women's division is infinitely better than it was a year ago, but that's not saying a lot just because you know they weren't doing a whole much of the women a year ago. But you know, still they got some stories going on. Women are getting over. They're pushing certain people. I like that. Um, you know, hopefully they can continue that and. Ty Conti, like you said, brother, you called it. Ty Conti and Paige Van Zandt first feud, and uh, Ty Conti is going to be another stepping stone. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, I think she's just the perfect opponent for her. I mean, they both have some. I mean, what's her? She's like jujitsu, whatever the fuck Ty Conti is, and then, black belt or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and then you have Paige Van Zandt. I mean, I think it makes total sense. So, I mean, I said it earlier last week that I thought it, right after Ty lost to Jade, and they showed they kept showing Paige Van Zandt in that balcony with. Uh, with the, the men of the year and Dan Lambert. I was like, honestly, if they bring her in, Ty's literally the perfect opponent for her to face off first and beat. So, I mean, that's the direction they seemingly are going in. So, I guess I'll, I'll check one off for the good guys. Yeah, I mean, I think so as well. I think, uh, you know, I think it's 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 a good signing. and We'll see where they go with her, and I think she does have a lot of upside. But with Ty Conti, you know, I mean, it is what it is. She's kind of a stepping stone to this point. I mean, it's better than Anna Jay being just a sidekick to Ty Conti, right? Did we did we talk about that on the show, or was that before? I don't remember. But those were four. We we're basically saying Ty Conti's a stepping stone, and then Anna Jay's just her friend. So she's the I stepping mean, stone of the stepping stone. Yeah, I feel bad for her. I'm surprised she hasn't done more. But hey, not everyone can be book pal. That's that's just what it is, I guess. Uh, we'll close out the show here with uh, some WWE thoughts. But they, you know, I thought was a very good episode of Raw and a very good episode of NXT. You know, it's a newsworthy week when you got a great Revolution pay per view on Saturday. Title changes on Mondays Raw, Tuesdays NXT, and Wednesdays Dynamite. I mean, we got a lot of title changes this week. WrestleMania developments. I mean, it, it was a very big week this week, which is why I don't think we have enough time to discuss everything. Um, but let's talk about one of the new stories from Raw. Stone Cold Steve Austin is going to be at WrestleMania 38 officially for a match, segment, brawl, whatever the fuck they're even calling it, which they don't even know what they're calling it. Um, you know, Stone Cold accepted KO's challenge from Monday's Raw. Yeah, I mean, what are we thinking here? I mean, I think it's, I mean, I don't, my thoughts haven't really changed. You know, we, we saw that report about a week ago. The match probably isn't happening with Stone Cold. Okay. I assume he's going to get physical, but it's not like we haven't seen him hit a stunner in 19 years. All this 19-year talk to me is just weird. Does it turn into an impromptu match like we got with Cena or Taker or Cena and Taker or uh, you know Rock and Rowan? I, I guess. Uh, what are your thoughts on this whole thing? It's exciting, and I'm glad he's going to be there. But they're playing up the whole 19-year thing, and it's kind of rings hollow because I don't think he's actually going to be wrestling. Yeah, I think it's going to be like an impromptu match, like you said. Um, I mean, I'm fine with that. I mean, I'm excited. So if it's like uh, a two minute, I mean, I don't, I don't need to see a 30 minute Stone Cold match. I'm not saying that. No, yeah. I'm not saying that either. But I think, I think, I, I mean, I trust their decision. I think it'll be fine. Whatever they do. If you listen, Owens is fine. I, I think him losing in like two minutes, if a little brawl to Stone Cold eats a stunner, Kevin Owens kind of feels bulletproof in that way at this point. I think you'll be okay. So I don't really mind that personally. Yeah, I think. I mean, it's Stone fucking Cold. I, I don't think it's uh it's a big deal. And he's been booked well enough lately, Kevin Owens, that is, where I think it's fine. It's not like when the Wyatt family got called the Eater of Hot Pockets at WrestleMania 32 in that same building, and then we didn't, we barely saw the Wyatt family after that. I think they turned face the next night, but 
I mean, they, their booking was so atrocious at that point that it was impossible to care. Agreed. As long as um, you know, Stone Cold isn't calling Kevin Owens the eater of hot pockets, and I think we should be okay. We got new Raw Tag Team Champions, RK Bro, winning the belts back by beating Alpha Academy and uh, Seth Rollins, or Seth freaking Rollins, excuse me, and Kevin Owens in a triple threat tag team match. A terrific one at that. I really enjoyed this match. Um, they gave it a lot of time, great closing stretch. That RKO was sexy as hell to Chad Gable in midair, off the moonsault, awesome stuff. Um, yeah, I thought this was a really hot start to the show. Most surprising outcome. I thought we would either get Rollins and Owens becoming champions, or Alpha Academy just retaining, which was my prediction. But no, we got RK Bro getting the belts back, which puts WrestleMania kind of an interesting spot. Like, do we get Orton turning on Riddle before then, or do they have a title defense? I'm very interested to see where they go. Uh, where they go with these teams from here? Yeah, I mean, I think we could get we could get a title defense. We could get a one on one match to see who's better. I mean, I'm honestly down for anything with them. So, I mean, even another match against Riddle and or not Riddle against uh, the Alpha Academy. I'm I'm not against that as well. So, I mean, whatever it is, I think it'll be good and. I was very surprised. I mean, I think we all were. We thought that Alfred Cammy called the belts, or like you said, maybe Rollins and uh, Owens winning it here, but they didn't. And uh, I like the direction they're going in, so I can't complain. I think if they do a match, fine. If they do an impromptu one-on-one match like Mysterio and Eddie, fine with that as well. So no real complaints here. I think it's a, it's a win for everyone. And the profits are possibilities, too, because they beat Arky Bro last week. Anything's possible, my friend. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they're just... I mean, I was saying for months you got to break them up before Mania, but I just think they're so popular. It might be the wrong move to make. I don't know. I mean, you could do a one-on-one match like Eddie Ray style from WrestleMania 21, and I know they went on to feud and have Eddie Guerrero turn heel, but they didn't do it right away, so... I don't know. I'd be okay with that. Um, I think the better question is, where does that RKO to Chad Gable rank amongst the greatest of all time? I, I would put it in the top three with the Rollins and Evan Bourne one. Yeah, I mean, it was a great one. I mean, I feel like at this point, they're all amazing. Um, that was a good one, though. Um, yeah, I think it's up there with, like I said, Evan Bourne. Um, Rollins. Rollins. I mean, it's it's a great one. I mean, you can't hate them. They always are great, but this one was a little bit more special. So I would say it's definitely top three. The Rollins one, I don't think I will ever. I just remember sitting in your in your dorm room. And we were freaking, I was like, Jesus Christ, that was the coolest thing I have ever fucking seen. I mean, I don't, I, I, I regret waking up your uh, sweet mates and anyone else that was in the building beyond us, but I just remember being, and that was seven years ago. Could you, could you think about that for a second? That's crazy. Yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to hear that. I <laughs> But no, that was amazing. It was amazing. NXT champion Braun Breaker, brother, was on Raw this week. Great to see him. Uh, Team with Tommaso Ciampa against the Dirty Dogs to hype up the NXT tag or NXT Championship Triple Threat match for Tuesday. We'll get to the NXT title match in a moment and our thoughts on NXT. Uh, fun match here, not quite the level of the tag team match from the week before. Bigger takeaway though, Braun Breaker's on Raw, and it was. I mean, I would have loved to have seen him just come out, make a surprise appearance. But how, how much of the crowd actually would have reacted, I don't know, because they probably don't watch NXT, a majority of them. But, you know, they, at least they gave him some promo time. He got the vignette treatment. The guy comes across like a star. I mean, this guy, and now I'm reading reports like this morning that he could be fast-tracked to the main roster very, very soon. And that makes me excited. Because, I mean, yeah, I'm not excited, but because the main roster is very hit or miss. But this guy, I said on Monday belongs on the main roster. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if they always planned on having Breaker win on Tuesday, but because he appeared on Raw and Vince had had to go excuse himself to the men's room for a little while, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he uh, changed his mind and was like, I want Breaker on Raw right now. That wouldn't shock me at all. 
Yeah, Breaker's just, he just has everything, and he's the diamond in the rough. I mean, they found one. I mean, he's got everything that you could want in a wrestler. I mean, he has the size, he has the look, he has the mic skills, he can wrestle. I mean, there isn't really any, he doesn't really have too many flaws in his game besides just not being around for long. So, him on Raw is great. Um, like I said, we'll talk about NXT soon, but I, I think a call-up is very eminent for him. <laughs> I mean, this guy just screams stars, so... Are, are we thinking the night after WrestleMania on Raw? I mean, they, did they do him and Ziggler at WrestleMania weekend at Stand and Deliver, have him lose or something, and then call him up on Raw? I mean, anything's possible. I mean, it seems like Rollins doesn't have a dance partner right now. I, would, I, I wouldn't honestly hate him versus Rollins. I mean, I think you can make a story there. I think it would be a great match. And I mean, I, I'd be down for that if Rollins has no plans. I mean, seemingly Cody's kind of not doing anything. Rollins has no plans. Give me Rollins versus Breaker. Are we, where are we in the Cody thing? Do you think he goes? Do you think he goes back to AEW? Or what do you think the update is there? Oh, I honestly have no idea. I think he's going to go to WWE, but I mean. I like the fact that we don't know, to be honest with you, though. I agree. I, I really don't know. Yeah, I like the fact that it's a little more unpredictable. Typical Cody, though. I mean, we don't know what he's going to be doing, and he likes to work people and shit, so I like that to an extent. And, and the dirt sheets don't know everything. I like that as well. So we'll see what happens with him and uh, Breaker and Rollins. I do like Breaker and Rollins if you can make it make sense. Yeah, you can make sense. You can be like Cena, fucking Kurt Angle, be like, oh, like I want to challenge anyone. Breaker comes out, and then Rollins, big dogs. When I was a veteran, he was in this position. He's seen plenty of young guys win the championship, come up to Raw, smack on, they flamed out. He's no different. Boom, there you go. <laughs> Kid just booked WrestleMania right there. I mean, I think it's a perfect, like, he can come out, you're, like, you're a young pop, yeah, I know you were that NXT champion, I've, like I said, I've seen many of you come up to the main roster, you're all flamed out, you're going to be no different, Breaker socks him, give us the WrestleMania. I'm Go not ahead. even kidding, I think he could be a viable person to beat Roman Reigns for that title at some point. I oh, really do. a fucking star. <laughs> I mean, like, if it's not Braun Breaker, and we joked about that for a long time, but if it's not Breaker, then... Drew, maybe? I mean, it's definitely not going to be Brock, I don't think so. If It's it's either Drew or Braun, because I don't know who else is going to be the one to do it. I think it's going to be... I mean, I think I think the only three viable options are Braun, Brock, or Drew. And I don't think Brock's going to win. I mean, I think Brock, someone like Brock could win, so I think those are the three viable people I, I, I have outlined. Yeah, I don't think Roman Reigns is going to hold the championship long enough for that match with the Rock at WrestleMania to be a title match, if they even do it, right? I mean... They could always have him lose it and then win it back, and it's for the championship, which it probably would have to be if it's the main event. But I don't think I, I don't I wouldn't put Rock in that con. I don't think Rock would beat Roman anyway. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't. Eh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think the thing is it's like one of those matches. I feel like it doesn't need to be for the belt. It could be like Hogan versus The Rock. I mean, it, it, it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it seemingly would have to be the main event, but I mean. It's a sexy match, regardless. Yeah, it's a marquee match for WrestleMania goes Hollywood, hopefully, next year. Uh, Rhea and Liv as a tag team. Come on, man. This just feels lazy. I love it. I, I, I'm tired of the slander. I mean, people bitch that they want all these people on TV. I mean, it is completely random, but it is, it is what it is. I actually don't hate it. I mean, obviously, I think you'd rather have, like, maybe, like, Rhea versus Sasha, like, for some kind of, like, number of contendership, and then you'd have the people complain that, that uh, now, Liv is on the show. I mean, it's better than the Battle Royale. I'm honestly fine with it. I'd, I, I would. I think Rhea is a bigger priority than Liv as far as putting her. If Liv's in the Battle Royale, I could really care less. Yeah, but that's yeah, yeah. You're yeah, but that's your opinion. You don't really care about Liv, but there's plenty of people that fucking love Liv Morgan. So it's like, what about her? Why is she on the show? And then you have someone else bitching. If anything, I think it's a good idea to put him in a tag team. 
Because then eventually, even if they win or lose or whatever, they can keep teaming up and they eventually have Rhea turn on her and have Rhea go heel and then people have sympathy for Liv. I mean, I honestly don't. I, I guess I just feel like it is what it is and try to find some kind of positive out of it. So I mean, that I, is a positive and I agree with that, but I feel like we should also normalize having women's matches at Mania that aren't for championships. Like you said, I think no, you could I do... I completely agree. Like I said, I think they should have done something like maybe Rhea versus Sasha in like a number one contenders match. Like a Rob or Smith, but whoever wins gets a, gets a number one contender match against the champion of their fucking brand. I mean... Then, I, like I said, you could... Yeah. And then maybe you could tie it into WrestleMania or something. Like, or the Royal Rumble. So it's like, oh, Sasha threw Rhea out, so Rhea was pissed. And there's a number one contenders on their show. But like, SmackDown only has like two women, so there really isn't too much <laughs> I mean, I mean, Bailey will be back soon. I, I, I think any call-up should immediately go to SmackDown because I think Raw is a stack in women's division. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think realistically, you should do something more prominent with them. But the cards that we got dealt aren't like that. So what they're doing, I think, the positive is have them team up for a little bit because like Nikki Ash, like. Rhea could have turned on Nikki Ash and people would have cheered her. I mean, people just don't care about her. I think if you build up Rhea and and Liv as a tag team, and you have Rhea turn on Liv, I feel like Liv would be an actual babyface, and people might actually boo Rhea at that point. So that's what I, that's my positive out of it. I feel like you could also get a little feud out, out of Naomi and Sasha on SmackDown as well. So I don't totally hate it. I understand people's complaints, but it's better than the Battle Royal. And I think my thinking is you could get actual women's feuds out without the title. So like I said, it's never gonna, it's probably not going to happen, and – my, the egg will be cracked over my head in a couple of weeks, but, I mean, I, I'm going to be optimistic. In the Rhea and Sasha match idea, you know what that reminds me of? Umaga and Batista in that brand supremacy match from WrestleMania 24. Do you remember that? I mean, it was amazing. <laughs> you had Regal out there, and whoever the SmackDown GM was, I think Teddy Long, maybe? I think it was yeah, Ricky Guerrero. Teddy. It was one of the two, but that, that's, I mean, obviously it would be better than that, but, you know, that's what it reminds me of. But yeah, no, I, I think that we should have more matches, not for championships. And I guess you're right. It is better than the Battle Royal. Do you think we're even getting a Battle Royal at this point? Because they're putting all the women in this tag team title match or an actual women's title matches to the point where who else would you even put in the Battle Royal? Dana Brooke, Aaliyah, and Tamina? <laughs> at this point, who knows? I mean, <laughs> Don't even do it. I mean, it's been years anyway. There's no reason to do it. Yeah, I completely, I mean, there really isn't one. I mean, and maybe they brought people up from NXT to kind of get their more exposure like they should be doing, but God forbid. So, I mean, I, I mean, I would still put it on the pre-show. I mean, I think you should still do it. I mean, like I said, they complain online or you see the reports that they're bitching that NXT isn't getting the viewership that they want. I mean, you got to make these people more accessible. It's not the sexiest match of all time. It's not going to be a five-star classic. We're putting these people on TV, getting them some kind of awareness can flip viewers. I mean, there's no negativity. I mean, there really shouldn't be any negativity because you're literally putting these people on TV so other people can see them. You see maybe someone like a Gigi Dolan or or fucking, De- I mean, Dakota Kai for Christ's sakes. I mean, don't even get me started on her. But like you see one of the other NXT women, you're like, oh, you know, she looks like she could be good or kind of build some kind of marquee there. So I, I think that's what they should be doing. They probably won't because why would you? But I, I think they should at least put up women's on the pre-show get some NXT women in there and try to push the product a little bit more. I agree. I think it'd be great. I mean, we're seeing it with the men right now with Breaker and Ciampa on Raw while still a part of NXT. I think it'd be nice that they give some more exposure to the NXT women, which they did years ago. Like, they did have NXT women in the WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal. I think the first one, because I remember, like... Um, Dude, Ty Conti 
Conti was in it. Yeah, I think Ty Conti was in it. I think Bianca was in it. Um, who else was in it? There was some. Oziah Lee may have been in it. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. It I was, mean, it was a lot of those type of women. Like it, it wasn't in big it. stars. I mean, was in it. Yeah, Kyrie's in. It was like women that weren't like, I don't want to say not big stars, but they were women that were like, they weren't doing a lot with at the time. They were like kind of like the secondary tier of NXT women's division. Like it wasn't Shayna at that point or Ember Moon or anyone like that. Like it was the, like the second tier of, of, of the women of NXT's women's division. They, I thought they all looked good. It was cool. So I don't know. We'll see. I, I don't even think they'll do a battle royal at this point because it would just be the people that I mentioned. They fired everyone else. Like, you could have put Tony in there or Tegan Knox, but they just, they can't everyone or they quit. So <laughs> there's no one, they, we're not okay, getting beef Tony, in there, Tony right? What did you say? Tony quit. I mean, seemingly she was getting a, I mean, I don't know how big of a push, but I mean, she was getting pushed towards the, uh, the SmackDown Women's Championship right before she left. So, I mean, I don't really blame them on that. I mean, it did take them a little time to get there, but I mean, she seemingly was getting pushed when she quit. So, I mean, Tegan, I mean, technically Knox, if we're going to be correct, Knox got fired, so <laughs> I don't know what Tegan is, but uh, yeah, I mean, th- she she could have easily been been in the uh, in in a in a prominent position right now, but mm-hmm. she was. Uh, let me check my notes. Wasted wasted talent. <laughs> you know who else you could have filled that battle royal out with? Eva Marie and uh, Nia Jax. God, hey, everyone hates it there. That's why Nia Jax lost. <laughs> Don't get me started on Nia Jax. Hey, we're also going to be deprived of B-Fab's appearance in the WrestleMania debut in the Battle Royal. Jesus Christ. I love B-Fab, but her ring ability was not good, so we'll see where she ends up. If she even continues wrestling, I'm not really sure, so I don't know. Maybe Tony Khan was like, yeah, I'm all set. Like, we don't need, I I don't want to. The thing is, is that they hire people all the time that are like, they have literally no fucking experience that are on dark having subpar matches. But then they won't hire someone like Beefhab. I mean, they they hired Ty Conti. I mean, she was better than Beefhab was, but I don't know. I would, I think it would have been cool to see the Hit Row faction in AEW, but clearly he's just not interested. He's a big faction guy, but it's, that's weird to me. Um, on NXT, on that note, real quick, we'll wind off or we'll close out with this. Uh, I just we talked about it last week. The good is great on the show. The bad is brutal. It's just this show is very hit or miss. The Tiffany Stratton shit I think is fucking terrible. Um, Wendy Chu, I don't like the whole Josh Briggs and, and Jensen shit is awful. Indian Persia. I like, but the whole Duke Hudson romance shit is awful. It's the Malik blade and Idris and simping over the toxic attraction. Shit is stupid. There were two matches. I really liked this week, um, <laughs> that you could probably pick out the last man standing match, Grayson Waller and LA Knight in the main event. Want to get your thoughts on Last Man Standing. I thought it was a great match. LA Knight's a star. Grayson Waller has been very good. You said he was growing on you a little bit a while ago, so I'm curious what your progress on that is. And I think him winning makes sense if LA Knight is being fast-tracked to the main roster coming out of WrestleMania. Yeah, like you said, I think, like you said, the good stuff's good and the bad stuff's really bad. Um, I actually, yeah, the Idris stuff, that stuff was really horrible too. <laughs> but yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I don't care, like, I don't like what, like, the, her gimmick, the Wendy Chu shit's fucking terrible. Her as a wrestler, she's actually not horrible. No, actually, it's, no, her, yeah, she's a good wrestler. The character, I just don't like at all. Oh, the character is so dumb, but I actually, I actually have, like, I, I marked when her and, uh, Dakota won. I mean, I know she means nothing, but I, I mean, I was pretty excited for that, <laughs> so, uh, I guess we'll see where that's going, but, uh, <laughs> I actually really, I thought the tag team title match was pretty good as well with Imperium and MSK, so I don't want to leave that one out as well, yes, but I yes, thought yes. the, the uh, uh, last man standing match was great. I love the ending. Like he just jumps on his bodyguard's back. Like said, maybe we're gonna fast track for 
for an LA Knight to the main roster. So that's good. And then uh, the main event was amazing as well. I think they had us on the edge of our feet. Dolph fucking Ziggler winning. I mean, that was a shock and a half. But, I mean, if Braun's going up to the main roster, it, may, it makes sense. So, um, And he didn't get pinned. So uh, it's not like he got pinned and lost to Ziggler there. So, um, yeah, like I said, I think there's a lot of really bad stuff. I think there's a lot of decent stuff. There's a lot of good stuff. There's a lot of bad stuff. There's a lot of in the middle. So, um it is what it is when it's developmental. I mean, I, I know they're trying some stuff. I mean, some of it is fucking horrendous. Um, but I guess that's what happens when you're just kind of trying to figure out what, what, what you're doing. So I thought it was a decent show. There's some decent stuff. Some terrible stuff. There's some <laughs> stuff. That's NXT, I think, in a nutshell right now. You get the good, the bad, the ugly. It is what it is. So I thought it was a fine show. I like Cora Jade and Raquel. I sit against Wendy Chu and... Uh, in Dakota, obviously. I mean, the thing I don't understand is, like, they get attacked by Jane and Dolan, so it's like, are they going for the belts? Like, I don't get, like... Yeah, without even winning the tournament. Exactly, so... We'll, we'll see where it goes. I mean, I think there was another women's match on the show. Couldn't even tell you what happened. I love the last legend, Dakota, Nikita Lyons. Oh, stop. So bad. That was, like, that's part... Like, like that's the bad stuff that we're talking about. Like, that's what I'm talking I forgot to mention that, too. The Tiffany Strand stuff, amazing. I love Daddy's Little Girl. Give me more... <laughs> Um, but just kidding, that's fucking terrible. But yeah, I mean, like you said, I think that's what you get with developmental. I feel like that's honestly what you got a lot in the uh, mid two thousands as well. Like you got a lot of call ups in the ruthless Gresham era. That's why, like, you have a list of like a thousand people in the ruthless Gresham era just never made it. Just like a bunch of gimmicks. Some of them made it, some of them didn't. It's kind of what developmental is at this point. I think there's a lot of good, a lot of bad, a lot of experimenting. It is what it is. You know what? I agree with that. But like I've said since the start, take it off of NX, take it off of USA, and make it an hour again. I just don't think they can justify having the show be two hours if they're going to feature this much bad shit. Like if they had the Last Man Standing match and then some of the bad shit on an hour long Peacock show, I mean, I mean, I think I'm okay with that. Because listen, if you go back and watch those early episodes of NXT, you weren't seeing shit like you did with Lash Legend and, and Nikita Lions. I can promise you of that. But I mean, it still wasn't great. Like. It's just what it was. It's developmental, like you said. It's just some of the shit they're doing. They just they won't give up on. They know it's not good, but they're going to continue to do it. It just doesn't make any sense to me. But you talked about it quickly. I want to delve into it a little bit deeper before we wind down. Dolph Ziggler is the NXT champion. It's something I never thought I would say, but it, it happened. I Honestly, I don't even know what to say, dude, because I feel, I, I said this in hashtag, I feel hypocritical in saying that I love it. I don't know if I love it. I'm just kind of curious. I'm, I'm very intrigued by it. And it's not something I would have said a year ago. Dolph is the NXT champion. Sounds fucking awful because he's been booked so terribly for so long now. But again, like I said on Hashtag, the guy's a good enough wrestler where I think he can work well with pretty much anyone on that roster. Ciampa, Breaker, Carmelo at some point, uh, Cameron Grimes, Santos, people like that. I think it could be cool. Um, even some of the newer, unexperienced, lesser experienced guys, like I said, like Breaker. I thought the triple threat was great. I thought it was a great triple threat match. And uh, I, I don't know, dude. I mean, does this make Ziggler exclusive to NXT? Does this mean Ciampa's on his way up as well, along with Breaker? Like, I'm kind of curious to see what this means. If, if Rude comes with them and they're kind of more exclusive on NXT than Raw, then I think this could be a, a plus if done right. If they're still acting goofy and doing the Dirty Dogs bullshit, then I think it could be fucking dumb. It's just putting the belt on a mid-carter from the main roster. But, you know, honestly, it, 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 it may be able to work. I'm, they have my attention, if nothing else. Yeah, I don't hate it. Actually, actually, no, I'm not gonna say I like it. It was, it was fine. It is what like, 
I don't love Ziggler, but it is what it is. I think he's the like you said. He, I feel like you said this on hashtag. He's like the, the anti NXT, so like, it kind of makes sense. He didn't beat Breaker, so I don't totally hate it. Um, yeah, I mean, I I thought it was fine for what it was. I didn't totally hate it. Didn't totally love it. I thought it was fine. I like Ziggler. He's a good wrestler. I think people feel like. Yeah, I understand. He's old and he's annoying, and like he's been in the WWE for a thousand fucking years. <laughs> but like, he, at the end of the day, I think where people feel to realize he is a good wrestler. I just feel like he's been doing the fucking Motley Dolph Ziggler shit like for seventeen years. So at this point, people just don't care. But he is a good wrestler. I think people feel to feel to kind of like reel themselves in on some of that stuff. Like, yeah, at the end of the day, he is a good wrestler. He is a good wrestler, and like I said, that match was great. But like you said. He's been there for a thousand years. The guy's been there so long that I think the la- when he debuted on the main roster in 08, gas was that was the last time gas was four dollars. I mean, that's how long this guy's fucking been in this company. It's it's just wild to think of. That's almost fifteen years ago. And I know Kofi Kingston's been there that long, but he doesn't feel nearly as overexposed as someone like Dolph for some reason. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe just because the booking with some of the other people has been better. I don't get it, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'm curious. You know what? I don't love it. I don't hate it. I really don't. I'm shocked I'm saying that, but we'll see where it goes. What's the classic catchphrase we always use? It's all about the aftermath. So if, if next week is coming out there shaking his ass and, and fucking facing, you know, he's in a love triangle with Nikita Lyons and, and, and Von Wagner, then, <laughs> then I'll take back my words here. But, you know, so far, I'm, I'm, I, I'm a fan of it. I guess we'll see where it goes. I'm, I'm very curious to see where it goes. And that's WrestleRant Radio in a nutshell for you, Mr. Marceau, here today for March 10th, 2022. Great time as always chatting with you, brother. Uh, new episodes every single Thursday per usual on WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Amazon Music, and Pandora. Be sure to rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show for new episodes every single Thursday. Uh, not sure what we're talking about next week, but like I said, very real possibility as long as you're good to the Mr. Marceau, back in the Marceau compound, a in-person edition of WrestleRant Radio for the first time in, I think, several years. So a very, very special St. Patrick's Day edition, if we can work it out. Yeah, I'm definitely down, pal. I'm looking forward to it, brother. Have a great one, and I'll catch your ass uh, hopefully in seven days. Sounds good.